0: Take your Bibles, take your Bibles and turn to Acts, the book of Acts chapter 8. Well, I'm ready to go again. How about y'all? You ain't got to go far. Right now, there's 114 shoeboxes over there in the shoebox room that's not wrapped. We have a shoebox team that's going to be wrapping those. There's also several that are wrapped. You don't have to go far because all those boxes are going to need to be filled. Go out and get something to put in the box. That's all I'm going to say. And then when that mission's over, there's going to be another one. And when that mission's over, there's going to be another one. And we're not going to stop. It's not going to stop with the TV and the ministry wall. Thank you, by the way. It looks awesome. It's not going to stop with it. Engineering drawing. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death, and we're speaking of Stephen as Stephen was stoned. Matter of fact, let's go back and read verse 60 in chapter 7. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. Verse 8, chapter 1, chapter 8, verse 1, I'm sorry. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, bless you, and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul began ravaging the church and entering house after house and dragging off men and women women he would put them in prison. Simple subject today. We've all heard the Romans' road, the Romans' road to salvation. I'm here to tell you, your Romans' road, is going to start on the road to Damascus. Now, the road going to Damascus doesn't lead to Rome, but I'm telling you right now, your Roman's road will start on your road to Damascus. Paul was, Saul was living a sin-filled life. Look at verse 3 again. But Saul began ravaging the church and entering house after house and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. Go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Romans chapter three, verse 23 reads, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus. It's 23 and 24. See, Saul has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When he began to ravage the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women, he would put them in prison all because of their belief in Jesus Christ. His Roman's road has started. He was a sinner. He was a sinner living a sin-filled life. He didn't under, he, 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 all he understood was that he thought he was doing what was right. All he understood was he didn't even recognize his own sin. He thought he was saving the church. He thought he was doing the right thing by taking those who are in love with Christ, by taking those who are serving Christ, by taking those who who worship Christ and put him in prison, dragging them out of their homes. His Roman road began because he was sinning and he had fallen short of the glory of God. chapter 9 in acts chapter 9 in acts verse 1 you need to keep your fingers ready cuz we got some flipping to do chapter 9 verse 1 now saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the lords lord went to the high priest and ask for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, the way being those born-again Christians, if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Take your Bibles, hold chapter 9, and turn to Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Paul's Roman road started on his way to Damascus. Because while he was sinning back in chapter 9 and verse 1, still breathing. In other words, now Saul, look at chapter 9, verse 1 in Acts. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder. He is still sinning. He is actively sinning, but Christ has gone to the cross for him. You are still sinning. You are still living a life that is depraved and devoid of God, yet Christ went to the cross for you. So while you're still sinning, while you're still breathing threats, while you're still blaspheming God, Christ went to the cross for you. Now you can sit here and you can think, hey, I'm all right. That's good if you know that you're all right and you're 100% sure. I'm 100% sure. But if you think God is okay with your sin, you've got a Damascus road. You've got to head down right now before you can get to the Romans road. You've got a Damascus road where the Lord's going to have to knock you off your high horse to get you to understand that you're incomplete and undone without Jesus Christ. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, it ain't about you getting holy and righteous. Paul thought he was holy and righteous. Paul thought he was complete. Paul thought, hey, I got this thing figured out. Now, synagogue, listen to me carefully. Give me some letters. I'm headed down to Damascus to get some more of them jokers that are acting up and are causing trouble in the church. And I'm going to take Damascus the, Damascus, the road to Damascus, and I'm going to go get them. Give me a letter and give me authorization so I can get them. And if I find any, let me drag them off. And the synagogue said, sure, go get them, Paul. Saul. Go get them. still breathing threats and murder, you're still doing your thing, and Christ died for you, you're still doing what you want, you're still half-serving, half you're still half-worshipping, you're still half this and half that, I'm not saying you are not all saved. But there's some of them that some of y'all in here that ain't even saved, and you think just showing up makes you all right. God, I went to church yesterday. And God saying you ain't got Jesus. I don't care if you went to Walmart. You ain't got Jesus. I don't care if you sat under Billy Graham for 50 years. You can do it all day long, but you ain't got Jesus. You walk out of here being who you want to be, got get, get you, get you a little good dose of feel good. You walk out. What do we talk about in Sunday school? First thing you start doing is cussing out the person riding in the left lane going too slow. I wish you'd get out of my way. Blair experienced that firsthand on the way back from Tennessee last week. It wasn't her, it was me, I was doing it. There was a blue Subaru in front of me, and he wouldn't move. Yeah, let me tell you what happened. I was on my Damascus road, breathing threats, (laughs) because Don's expedition was about to be mine as the front bumper if he didn't move. In Acts chapter 9, verse 1, And Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, saying that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem as he was traveling. Now let's get this. As he was traveling. It happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter six, verse 23, Romans six and chapter in verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. While Saul earned death when the Lord showed up, guess what Jesus gave him? Saul earned death, y'all. He's on his way to persecute Jews, persecute those who were found in the way, those who had turned their lives over to Christ. He was on his way, living a sin. Do you know it's a sin to persecute Christians? Do you know it? Do you know it's a sin? You do now? You do now. And while he was on his way with his letter in hand, you notice, you notice Jesus didn't ask him for his letter. <laughs> Hear that, Baptist church. <laughs> he ain't asking for no letter for permission to go down. He didn't ask him for a letter. He said this. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, see, Saul could have easily been one of those. Well, Lord, when did I persecute you? Well, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me when I was. When I was in Guatemala, all you did was take pictures. You didn't bring me no food. You see, that didn't happen in Guatemala. That didn't happen in Kentucky. It's not going to happen with the shoeboxes. It's not happening at Shepherd's Supply. You see, but he had something against Saul. And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? God is calling Saul out for his sin, just as he's calling you out about your sin. He called Saul out. Why are you persecuting me? You see, that's waking up Jesus right there. That's getting Jesus. Don't mess with. Jesus's property because when you mess with them you're messing with me why are you doing it Saul Saul why are you sinning look at that Saul Saul why are you persecuting me and Saul responds in verse 5 and he said who are you Lord and he said I am Jesus whom you are persecuting but get up and enter the city and it will be told to you what you must do you see while he was a yet a sinner Jesus didn't pour out his wrath on him. He didn't pour out anger on him. He poured out love on him. And he showed him mercy. Because when he fell off that horse, when he he showed up, and when when light flashed around him, guess what? God could have just called him on where he wanted him to be. Where he deserved to be, rather. I'm sorry. But there was a greater mission. You see, Saul's Roman road, Roman's road started on the road to Damascus. Saul had to recognize that he was a sinner, that he was incomplete, that he was undone, that he was not serving our Lord and Savior. And it takes Jesus to do that. It takes Jesus to call it out. It takes Jesus. Guess what? If you want the attention of Jesus, keep sinning. You already got his attention if you say, but keep sinning and watch what happens. You see, we think we got all this time to keep living our lives the way we want to live and adding things to our lives and and doing all these things and and dabbling in the world and dabbling in here, dabbling there, and keep on doing it. You're going to find yourself on Damascus Road. You're going to find yourself there. And let me tell you something. It was a great experience for Saul, but it wasn't fun. You hear what I'm saying? It was a great experience for Saul, but it wasn't fun because guess what? Now he can't see. And now he's realizing, guess what? I just get called out by the Lord. Look at his response in verse 5. And he said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Some of y'all have been hit with a flash of light. Some of y'all have been hit with a flash of light and you're ignoring it. You're sitting right there on your Damascus road. You've heard the Romans road, but you're sitting on Damascus, waiting on whatever, waiting on approval for whatever, instead of taking the responsibility for what's going on in your life admitting it to the Lord and turning your life over to Christ. You're not doing it. For whatever reason, you think, you think you're think you okay. But the good news is, while you're in this state, Jesus Christ died for you. He's not judging you. He's not condemning you. He died for you in this state. And all he's doing is showing his light on you so that you can recognize him and that you can step up and you can say, Lord, I am sorry. I'm a sinner. Save my wretched soul. That's what he's wanting from you right now. Amen. That's what he's wanting from you. That's what he's wanting. He's wanting to show you the Roman road right there while you're on your road to Damascus he's showing you you're a sinner he's reminding you every day that he died for your sin while you are in this state I will still accept you I will bring you in I will clean you up I will make you who you need to be but you gotta come you gotta you gotta admit that you're on your Damascus road You got to understand that I am, you got to understand that you're that sinner. Listen, I'm preaching to the lost today. Those of you that are saved and this thing, good, great. But pray for the one that's sitting in here today that needs Jesus Christ. Because you're sitting here today, and you don't have to walk out of here not knowing the Romans Road. You don't have to walk out of here today not knowing that you're on your Damascus Road. God is telling you now that you're still breathing threats against the church. You're still giving hearty approval to the rejection of Christ. You're doing all of these things, and God is telling you you don't have to do it anymore. I don't even need you to wait till the end of the sermon. If you don't know, guess what? There'll be a whole group of people here shouting in praise of God if you come right now and you accept Jesus Christ. Even if you don't come here, if you just lift your hand up right now, there's about 800 deacons in here that'll swarm you like a pack of ants and they'll get all over you and they'll pray with you. Everybody. Put your head on a swivel and just look around at everyone around here. Just look around at the people. Just look. Just look. Are you looking at everyone? Just kind of look around. Guess what? Everyone just looked at another sinner. Everyone just looked at another sinner. If you're sitting in here lost, you are a sinner if you're sitting in here saved you are a sinner you're just saved from your sin so if you're lost and you looked at someone who is saved or you presume is saved guess what the difference is guess this Jesus it's just one little difference that's it that makes a big difference and that's all you got to do is admit that if you are lost, you are on your Damascus road. And I'm here to tell you that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. If you're using this church experience today to make you yourself feel good about your holiness then you're wrong. You need to be right. Listen, I'm wretched. I'm. I'm my righteousness is as filthy rags. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I could have done to earn what Jesus has done for me. Old sermon, but good news. You got to get that. There's nothing that could have been done other than Jesus dying on the cross. There's no way. There's no law that could be passed. There's no bill that could be written. There's, no, there's nothing that could be done. They can't, listen, lowering gas prices ain't going to save you. Lowering food prices, your health care ain't going to save you. It's going to take Jesus. And if you're trusting in anything else, you are lost. Y'all, I can't plead it any other way. You're sitting on Damascus Road, and you're headed down a road where you think you're doing the right thing, and you're not. And Jesus is here telling you right now, I wish the lights... be brighter right now so you can really understand that that light that's shining on you it's from christ and he's telling you guess what you need to do right now stop rejecting me start accepting me put everything else behind you because i will and let's go forward so we can go to guatemala so we can go to kentucky so we can pack a shoebox, so we can go to shepherd supply so we can knock on doors so we can cut grass whatever we got to do to show the love of christ But get off yourself and get on to Jesus now. Go to Romans. Go to chapter 10. Chapter 10 and verse 9. Brother David, you preached this a few months ago. Yes. Big fat hairy deal. If I come in here and preach it every week and some people get saved every week, big fat hairy deal, right? Look at verse 8. Go to verse 8 first. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. I'm here to tell you, you're sitting here today. You're sitting right here today, and the word of God is here. I'm here to tell you right now, the sermons are he- the sermons have been preached. Brad has preached them. Jimmy's preached them. Ken has preached them. Jason has preached them. Mike Roper, big Mike, little Mike, medium Mike, extra large Mike, all of them have preached it. It's all been preached, and it's near you right now. Verse 9, if that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Guess what Paul did back in Acts chapter Mm 9? Who are you, Lord? And in everybody's Bible, probably except for the King James, who should be capitalized and Lord should be capitalized. That's deity, that's God, and that's him acknowledging him as God, okay? He confessed right there, because guess what? It wasn't the gang he was riding the horses with that was asking, saying, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? But look, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, yeah, uh, now I'm saved. No, you ain't got to do all that. Woo, son, I felt that one. Oh, <laughs> you ain't got to do all that. You just got to confess it. Right. Next time I do, stop me. <laughs> all you got to do Confess. If you're on Damascus Road right now, confess. If you're on Damascus Road, confess. Get on the Romans Road and confess and come to know Jesus Christ. Look at verse, uh, let's go, we gotta go to verse 10. For with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation go down to verse 13 the final turn on the roman road for whoever will call on the name of the lord will be saved not maybe not might Not he'll think about it, but he will save your wretched soul. He will change your life. He will cause you to do things that you wouldn't even imagine. I can tell you right now, Maggie Walker, John Rich, Jason Walker, all the whole Walker family, I can guarantee you right now that 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, they probably weren't thinking about Guatemala. But when you get right with Jesus, what happens? You go. How many of y'all were thinking about black Kentucky four years ago? Five, I didn't know it existed. Did you? No. But when you found out and you went, what happened, Christy? What happened? Your life was changed, wasn't it? You see, when God gets in your life and he gets in your heart and he gets you right, he gets you off you. When he saves your soul. How many of you got problems right now? Raise your hand. Everybody put your hand up because you got a problem. Thank you. The first problem is if you ain't raise your hand, you're lying. So you got a problem. You got them. They're part of life. It's going to happen. But what Jesus does is say, forget about your problem. Take care of what I need you to take care of. And guess what I'll do? I will help you forget about your problem. It may not go away. Some of y'all's problems are like a fungus. They're hanging around you. You can't get enough penicillin shots to get rid of them. There's nothing you can do, but God pushes you through to get on his mission. Now, if you're sitting here lost, you just heard the truth. When you get saved, your problems don't go away. You hear me? Your problems don't go away. Okay? They don't. As a matter of fact, when I got saved, I had hair. No. Yeah. It's true, Jonathan. Yeah, I had hair. And then here's what happens. And when you get saved, guess what? Jesus is never telling any of y'all that the road is easy. Get ready for a fight. It's going to happen, but it's going to fight. It's, going to, it's a fight that you won't lose. You cannot lose. You're always on the winning side. Can you imagine that? i preached it before. No matter who you play the next week, when you walk into the stadium, I already won, put the trophy in my trunk. I'm just out here. I'm just participating. We're living in a society today where everybody gets a trophy. Well, if you're saved, you got the trophy. Believe, confess, but admit that you're on your Damascus road. You see, there was no other way to get to Damascus except for the road that he was on. There's no other way to get to Jesus except to admit the road that you're on and that you're a sinner. So. The Holy Spirit's done. It's done. I know a little crazy right now. But the Holy Spirit is done. The Holy Spirit has done his job. He's told you about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not me, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. Right now. I don't don't know who you are, but God does. Yeah, we're going to play, we're going to sing. We're going to bow our heads, and now here's what's going to happen. Bow your head. Here's how this works, okay? I get up here. I scream and yell and sweat and spit. You hear it and understand, and then you get up and respond. That's how it works. That's how it works. Okay? It's real simple. You've heard the message. Jesus Christ died for your sins. You have to be on the road to Damascus. In other words, you have to be sinning in order for you have to admit that you're a sinner in order for you to understand where you are. You have to admit that. You need to be fully cognizant of what you have done. So here we are.